Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Vaitalingam, and today I'm talking to George Leckie, who's at the Centre for Multilevel Modelling at the University of Bristol, neighbours of CMPO in the Bristol Institute of Public Affairs. And we're going to talk about research that George has done with Harvey Goldstein on school league tables. George, why don't you start off by giving us a, a, an overview, a kind of a history of the uh, introduction of, uh, of school league tables and where, where they are at the present. Okay, um, so school league tables were introduced in the early 90s uh, by the then government uh, with the idea of helping parents uh, make an informed choice uh, for their school, uh, for their child. But when these were first published, they simply contained very simple summaries of schools' performances or their exam results. So what you would see would be the uh, percentage of children that got five good GCSE grades. And this got lots of criticism from uh, particularly the academic community, which was that it was a very unfair way to compare schools, because of course schools differ greatly in terms of the academic achievements of their children, even when those children arrive at age 11 uh, for secondary schooling. So in response to this criticism, the government moved over to a value-added approach. And this was in uh, the, uh, around 2002. And the value-added approach now looks at the improvement that children make uh, during secondary schooling. And by looking at the improvement, you're essentially recognising the fact that schools start at different levels uh, in terms of the achievements of their children. Uh, some further adjustments have been made to this value-added approach to account for characteristics of children which differ between schools, which are also important. So the fact that uh, some schools have higher proportions of children that have English as a second language, for example. Now the government argued that uh, value-added is the best way to compare schools, and it's certainly better than uh, comparing schools uh, simply in terms of their raw GCSE results. But the problem is that they still published that old measure and what happens is that uh, the media, they like to focus on the simpler uh, measure, which is easier to understand, but it's not very helpful when you're trying to compare the, the, the quality of schools. Uh, now, schools, on the other hand, they'll just pick whichever measure reflects them or puts them in the best light, um, and that can be misleading for parents or even confusing when choosing a school. So you've got these, these three measures, really, of, of, of perform, school performance. You've got your absolute measure of percentage of, of GCSEs, good quality GCSEs achieved. You've got your value-added one, and then you've got this, this newer one of contextual value-added. But your research suggests that none of these, uh, these measures are really very precise in how they measure the performance of a school. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And this is really because there's actually there's only around 150 to 200 children in uh, a year group in secondary schools. And this is actually provides very little information when you're trying to summarise something as difficult to summarise as the quality of the school. And if you think about primary schools, the problem is going to be much worse because there you may only have one or two classes and so you have 30 to 60 kids. So what this means is that any kind of summary of the performance of a school is based on a small amount of information and that makes it very difficult to distinguish uh, one school from another. So from a statistical point of view, we are only really able to separate out the highest performing schools from the lowest performing ones. And where schools have similar rankings, we can't be confident in saying that one school is really definitely better than the other. Now, I think it's very important to communicate this imprecision in the school league tables. And to be fair, the government does do this on their website, so the official 
uh, source of these statistics. But what happens is that when, once the media get hold of this, they often don't present those confidence intervals, so it gets lost. So the, the, whole, the whole point of the, these measures, as you said at the beginning, is, is really to help parents choose their schools and presumably have some impact longer term in terms of schools competing to, to, to raise their quality. But I mean, can, can parents really use this information to, uh, to choose their schools? Well, this is, this is the important point. This is where our research uh, specifically comes in, which is if you're a parent choosing a school, you're not so much interested in how schools have performed in the past or last year. You want to know, well, how will schools perform or how they're likely to perform in the future for your own child once your child has gone through all of secondary schooling? And it turns out that there's actually a seven-year gap between the available information, so last year's exam results, and the exam results for your own child once they've completed secondary schooling. So what the government is really implicitly encouraging parents to do is to use last year's results to predict seven years into the future. And this is clearly going to be very problematic because schools' performances change over time. And particularly when we're thinking of value-added performance, these aren't particularly stable. So schools that did well last year are not necessarily going to continue to be doing well in seven years' time. And this is what our research is focusing on. First of all, kind of stating this problem because it hasn't been discussed, but then actually statistically adjusting the school league tables to incorporate this added uncertainty, if you like, and seeing what happens. So what we find is that when we incorporate this additional uncertainty associated with predicting into the future, we get a situation where we can't even separate out the highest performing schools from the lowest performing ones. It really is quite extreme and we can only distinguish between the, the absolute top achieving schools, the top couple of percent of schools, and, and the worst ones at the very bottom. So we're confident in saying that those top achieving schools will continue to be better than, than the worst ones, but for any schools which are relatively close in, in the league tables, we're really not confident in saying that that difference will still be there in seven years' time. So what do you think we should, we should do with this, finally? I mean, it's pretty striking that the parents can't use this material. Should we scrap the league tables? Should they come with much stronger health warnings? You know, the government should say, they should emphasise to the media who transmit the, the information to us to the public, say, well, you know, very strong health warnings, you know. Past performance is no guide to future performance. Yeah, that's certainly the case. Um, well, what's happened is that um, England now remains, well, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland um, have either all uh, scrapped these schooling tables, or they've never had them at all, and so only England remains. But uh, the government is saying quite strongly that they're going to carry on uh, publishing uh, schooling tables. So if they're going to do that, then clearly what they have to do is they have to communicate to the public the, the true uncertainty and the true imprecision in these measures. And at the moment, they're stating the performances of schools as being more accurately measured than they actually are. And that's really problematic because it can lead parents to make misleading judgments. They think one school is better than another when statistically we're not actually confident in saying that difference will still be the case when your child gets to school. Now, with the media, the real problem, as I said before, is that they, they don't put the confidence, but they don't uh, express the uncertainty of schools at all. They just state the performances of schools just by a single number as if they're certain things. So, and that's how parents come across that information. So there needs to be a lot more health warnings. And really what our research shows is that less importance or less weight needs to be given to school league tables uh, when choosing a school. And parents, I guess, have to make use of all the available information out there and be aware of 
well, the limitations of each of those. George, thank you very much. Thank you.